Welcome once again to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Todd Walker. We want to look at what we're calling sermon extras, take a little bit of a sampling of what we looked at on Sunday and look at it a little deeper. This past Sunday, we were talking about legalism. We were talking about man-made religion, and we were contrasting that with following Christ. And we got that from the text because in Colossians 2, Paul, talking about the ceremonial law of Moses, says this. He says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. And this is the verse I want to focus on. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. I want to talk about shadows today versus the substance, Christ Jesus. I want to look at a few different shadows that Scripture tells us aren't the reality. They are pointing to something. They are a shadow of something better. So we understand how much more better is Jesus Christ. Before I do that, I want to give you a few examples of silly illustrations that I have of maybe what Paul is trying to talk about here. Have you ever gotten a sample of something, ice cream sample, or you go into the store and they have, you know, like samples being handed out? I remember going to the grocery stores with my mom as a kid and they had, you know, like sample day and they were handing out these little samples of cereal and hot dogs and all kinds of things like that. And I used to, you know, sample those things because it was the best. It was like free food in a grocery store. So the lady would hand you a sample and you'd taste it. And I remember going up to my mom going, Mom, we got to get this cereal. This is so good. Did you try this? Or Mom, did you taste that hot dog? That was amazing. We got to get, we got to get a whole package of those. (laughs) Trying to convince my mom that because the sample was so amazing, we got to get everything that they were offering. And that's the whole point of sampling, right? is so that you take the sample and you want the real thing. So actually, that works as a really good illustration for what Paul is talking about. That the ceremonial law was a sample of Christ. But when Christ comes, you have the substance. You don't need the sample anymore. Um, A couple more illustrations I thought of was when I was little with my brother. We loved playing video games. We loved going to the arcade. That's not really big anymore, but... Trav and I would go to the arcade, and Travis was young enough to not really understand the whole process of playing video games. He liked playing video games, but he didn't understand how everything worked. So I did. I knew how it worked. So I would play my game. You know, we had a quarter, a few quarters, and I'd be playing the real game, and Trav would be watching, and he'd, he'd love it, and he'd, he'd want his turn. But I didn't want to use any of the quarters Mom and Dad gave us, of course. I wanted to save those for myself. So I let Trav play on the demo mode and he didn't know any better he was young enough to not know any better so the game would end and then it would run through the demo mode and Trav's playing I mean he's got his hand on the steering wheel and he's pretending to move it back and forth and this the screen is flashing demo 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 but you know Trav doesn't know he can't read so he's just pretending to play well of course obviously if he knew any better he would he would not care about that. He would want to play the actual game. And that's a sampling too of what we're talking about. Here's another one. When I was growing up, I loved watching basketball. I loved watching it on TV. I I certainly loved watching it uh, live, even if it was a college game, loved watching basketball. But playing basketball was so much more fun. I mean, they weren't even close. So when I'd watch basketball on TV or watch it live in a college game or something like that, man, I would just like... I got to get on the court and play, you know, I just got to get out there and, 
uh, you know, take all the moves I'm watching these guys do. And I just got to do it myself, you know, watching Michael Jordan. He's doing these fadeaways and these crazy layups. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So going out to our, you know, little court there in our driveway, you know, practicing all these moves. I'm doing the fadeaways. I'm trying to do these layups and they never went in. But so much better than watching basketball. I mean, watching basketball, in fact, just made me want to play it so much more. That's another example of a shadow versus the substance. Um, another one, a little bit more serious, uh, a little bit more profound, is dating versus marriage. Dating is a fun process, most of it. Um, I dated for quite a while in college and after college before I got married to Janine. But dating also was a frustrating process because it's kind of a tease. It's kind of a tease for what your marriage really offers, and you're trying to sample, for lack of a better word, um, the marriage experience to get an idea of what it's going to be like and who do you want to marry. And so that process was a little frustrating. It wasn't great. Um, but you have to go through that in order to know who you want to marry. And then I find Janine and, and she's going to be the one I wanted to marry. But Janine and I are still going through this dating process for a little while. And, and even that wasn't as good as being married to my spouse. I I enjoyed the dating process with my wife, but if I had to compare that to the marriage experience with my wife, it's not even close. In fact, when we were engaged, we were so looking forward to the dating experience being over and finally being married. Well, I want to tell you a few examples of what scripture talks about as this idea of, of shadow versus substance. And I want to focus our attention on Christ Jesus because he's the catalyst. He is the one that takes all of these shadows that scripture speaks of and turns them into the substance one day. So all of these things that we think are great and great upon the earth and you know we get to sample these things, with Christ Jesus, we have the substance or we can have the substance one day. And I want to just give you a few examples. I have seven examples of shadows. Shadows mentioned in scripture contrasted with the substance or the coming substance. And again, remember, Jesus Christ is the catalyst. He is the one that makes these shadows into the reality. The first one I thought of comes from 1 Samuel 15, 22. In this passage, King Saul, who wasn't a good king, he's commanded by God to go into this town and basically lay it waste. Lay waste every person, lay waste every you know resource and thing like that. And so Saul goes in and he kind of obeys. He goes in and he you know kills most of the people, takes captive most of the people, but he also spares a few people, and he spares a lot of their resources so he can take their resources and use them for himself and for his own kingdom. Well, God got really angry by that because God told him, lay waste to that town. I don't want anybody surviving. I don't want any, anything surviving. I just want it. I want it dead. I want it a big pile of smoke. And Saul didn't listen, of course. So Samuel has to basically come to Saul and tell him he messed up. And in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15, this is what... Uh, Samuel says to Saul, he says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice, voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So Samuel was basically telling Saul, you're focused upon the shadow, Saul. You were focused upon, hey, you know, I gave God something. I, you know, I offered something to God. I, I make sacrifices to God. I certainly offer up bulls and goats to God and, and do, do things like that. But Samuel is saying to Saul, 
Saul, it's much better to obey. Sacrifices are a shadow of obedience. The obedience is the substance. Sacrifices have their place. They certainly had their place in the Old Testament. But really what God desires is obedience. And the sacrifices are supposed to point you to something greater. So that's one shadow we look at in the Old Testament. Here's several from the New Testament. Uh, Jesus brings up this idea in Matthew 6 about treasure. He says there's treasure that fades, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's treasures of the earth. So that's the shadow. The shadow is treasures on the earth. But then, but then Christ says there's treasure that doesn't fade, where moth and rust can't destroy and where thieves can't break in and steal. And that's things above. That's things where Christ is. That's Christ himself. So you have treasure on the earth, which is good. I mean, it's, you know, it's not nothing. It has its place and it's valuable to some degree. But it's a sampling. It's a shadow of the substance. And we know that because the, the treasures here on this earth last for a very short time. They're not supposed to be the substance. So the substance is things that are, that are eternal, things that matter to God, things like obedience, things like love. If we live for those treasures, those treasures will never spoil, will never never fade. And because of Christ Jesus, we can have simply better treasures. We don't have to have the shadow. We can have the substance. So that's another idea of shadow versus substance. Uh, number three, this idea comes from Matthew chapter 12. In this text, it's interesting. Um, while Jesus is speaking, some people come to him and say, Hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers desire to speak to you. You know, they're over here waiting for you and they want to speak to you. And Jesus says something kind of striking. He says to them, um, My mother and my brothers are not these people over here. And he stretches out his hands toward his disciples and he says, Here are my mother and my brothers. And then he says in verse 50 of Matthew 12, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother, my brother, and my sister. And Jesus wasn't saying, listen, those people, Mary and, and James, people like that, are not, not my family. They're just not my most profound family. My most profound family are those who do the will of my Father. So the family here on earth is a shadow of our greater family. We have a father on earth, but we have a heavenly father who lives forever, will always be our father. We have a family on this earth based on blood, but we also have a church which will live forever. And that's the whole point is there's a shadow of your physical earthly family, but there's a substance of your eternal family. And that's what Jesus is trying to get across to these people. It's not about the shadow. It's not about my blood relatives. It's about my disciples. It's about those who do the will of God. That's my true family. So don't live for the substance. Or excuse me, don't live for the shadow, but live for the substance. Number four comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, Timothy brings up this, excuse me, Paul brings up this idea of physical fitness which is all the rage today. Everybody wants to be fit. Everybody wants to work out and be in shape and run 5Ks. And Paul says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. He says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. 
For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So Paul was saying, listen, there's a shadow called physical fitness. And it's, it's good to be fit. It's good to want fitness and to give some effort toward that here on earth. But it's not good to focus on it. It's not good to give your entire life to physical fitness on the earth. Why? Because it's a shadow. It's not going to last. Your body is not going to last. No matter how much you work out or how many 5Ks you run, you're going to die. And you're an eternal soul. So to invest all that time on this earth toward your shadow is not a great investment. And Paul is telling Timothy, train yourself for godliness. Because if you train yourself for godliness, you take care of yourself in the present life and in the eternal life to come. So don't live for the shadow. Live for the substance. And again, remember our catalyst. Jesus Christ is the one who allows us to live for the substance because the entire rest of the earth lives only for the shadows. They spend their entire life sampling things. They never actually will get to the substance unless they turn to Christ. But you and I can. You and I can live for the substance. We don't have to live for the shadow. We don't have to give all of our attention to physical fitness. We should give ourselves to spiritual fitness because we want to be in shape forever. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. Uh, Number five, there's this um, discussion in Mark chapter 10 where James and John come up to Jesus and they're trying to jockey for position in the kingdom of heaven. They want to be, you know, right next to Jesus where he is in the kingdom of heaven. Again, which is a good, it's a good thing to, to want. But Jesus has to sort of change their perspective. And these guys are trying to look for exaltation. So that's the shadow. They want to be exalted. But Jesus says after this, after they make their request in uh, Mark chapter 10, he said, um, Verse 41, Jesus called to them and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, But it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So James and John are thinking, listen, it's all about exaltation. We all want to go up. Let's go higher. Let's go greater. And although that is the end game and we will one day be exalted, Jesus was saying that is a taste of what's to come. If you want to really be exalted, if you want to really understand exaltation, go low. Be a servant. Serve your fellow man just like the Lord Jesus Christ did. And then one day God will exalt you. You won't have to jockey for your own position. God will look upon your service to him and he will exalt you. And when God exalts you, it's permanent, it's eternal, and it's glorifying. And that's the kind of exaltation we should want. But in order to find that exaltation, you and I got to go low. We got to become servants. So that's another idea of a shadow versus a substance. Number six, in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about this idea of suffering. He says there's suffering on the earth, which Paul calls momentary light affliction. 
which is hard to wrap your mind around because if you've ever really suffered, especially for Christ, it hurts. It's real. I mean, it's real suffering. And Paul is not saying it's not real suffering. But what he is calling it is momentary light affliction because he's comparing it with eternity. And in this passage, he's comparing it with the eternal weight of glory that you and I will get in heaven one day if we follow Christ. But you could also contrast suffering on the earth with eternal suffering. And this is kind of the other way. You don't want to really experience the substance in this one. You want to just stay in the shadow. But there's another shadow versus the substance is if you live for suffering, excuse me, if you live for glory and happiness on the earth, you'll experience suffering forever. But if you live for Christ on the earth, you won't experience suffering forever. In fact, you'll experience an eternal weight of glory. So don't live for the shadow. Don't live for the now. Don't live for the temporary happiness. Live for the eternal weight of glory so that you don't have to suffer forever because suffering in hell never goes away. It will never stop. And our last one, number seven, earthly blessings versus spiritual blessings. So this idea comes up in Matthew chapter seven where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's basically saying to them um, about prayer, uh, ask it, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. He says, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. And then he kind of gives a little bit of a parable. He says, which one of you, if his son asks him for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Then listen to number 11, verse 11 in Matthew chapter 7. He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And the good things he's talking about are things that matter in heaven, things like the Holy Spirit, things like spiritual blessings. And Jesus is trying to train us to pray for something more than just physical, earthly blessings. That's a shadow. That's not going to last. We should live for the spiritual blessings. We should ask for really good things from God, not cheap imitation things from God. We should live for the substance and the reason we can is because of Christ. We can have better stuff, guys. We don't have to live for the earthly, temporal, weak, poor man's things. We can have things that matter for all of eternity. And it's all because of Christ Jesus. He makes the shadow into the substance. If you have him and you follow him and you understand his will. So those are seven shadows the scripture speaks, speaks of that you and I don't have to live for. We can live for their substance. We can have the reality. We can have the real thing. And the last thing I'll just mention is probably the biggest shadow, um, which would be practicing religion. There are people all over this world who practice religion. In fact, I think the vast majority of the people on this earth are religious people. They're, they practice disciplines. They practice traditions of religion. So they have a shadow of what God wanted to offer. But sadly, many of those people do not have Christ Jesus. So they have religion. They have piousness. They have devotion. They have things like that and sacrifice. But if they're missing out on Jesus Christ, they only have the shadow. Because religion isn't just there for religion's sake. 
It's there so that you and I can experience the substance of Christ. So you and I don't have to live for the shadows any longer. We can have the substance. And that's exactly what God wants us to have. The substance. Not sacrifices. He wants obedience. Not treasure that fades, but treasure, treasure that doesn't fade. Not earthly family only, but the family of God. Not physical fitness, but spiritual fitness. Not exaltation on the earth, but exaltation in heaven. Suffering for a temporal time versus suffering for all of eternity. Earthly blessings versus spiritual blessings. God wants us to have the spiritual blessings and not the shadow. So think about these things today. Are you living for the shadow? Has the devil deceived you into thinking that the things of the earth are the things that are most important? The things that bring you most happiness and most joy? Because he's lying. Really what the devil wants to do is he wants to steal from you and make sure you don't get the substance. That you live your entire life sampling. And you never really get to Christ Jesus. You never really experience his kind of joy. His kind of blessings. So I pray that you'd think on these things today, check your life, and strive to live only for the substance. And you can have it. Like I said about sampling things in the grocery store, if you want Christ, you can have him. If you've sampled and tasted of him and he is good, and he is, you can have him by faith. Look to him, trust in him, and obey him because he is the substance. Thanks for listening.